4: Hi, everybody. The George Wilder Jr. Show is next. Chicago's finest internet radio show, making a world a better place, one show at a time. The George Warner Jr. Show is now on the air. Take it away, Dad. All right, you haven't done nothing. Okay, all right, welcome to the George Warner Jr. Show. Thank you for that. Thank you for that, and I know that's out there. Uh, (laughs) Welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. Uh, I feel good, folks, and you should, too. I mean, we've uh, been through a lot, been through a lot. And, you know, everybody's talking about what has gone on in Texas. This this is crazy. This is crazy. We got New York, Las Vegas, and now Texas. I think this is the second. uh, Anyway, the second for New York, the second for, uh, I mean, shootings shootings are shootings are shootings are shootings. And this time, people killed as they prayed, and most were children. That's the heartbreaking part about this. A lot of this uh, uh, is so telling because it it was children, Age, ages I'm seeing here, ages ranging from 18 months old to 77 years old. So basically, it was children and the elderly praying inside of this Baptist church. Sutherland Baptist Church, a small community. Uh, I'm. I understand it's no more than 400 people or something. I could be wrong, but anyway, it, it is a small community. And uh, you know, I've watched a lot of these folks uh, in interviews on television. You know, uh, telling what they've seen and what they know. And they, they just they just look like ordinary, common people that will give you the shirt off their back if you ask for it, give you something to eat, or uh, or help you out in your situation. Um, and this guy, uh, you know, wow, 26 people dead. I mean, what is it with these mass shootings that's going on in America? Can't seem to keep guns out of the hands of people who should not have them? Is that what it is? Donald Trump said earlier today because of the shootings, he said, well, it's, it, it, at one point he said it was too soon to talk about gun control. I'm, that That's Mitch McConnell's line. Donald Trump is saying something like, I'm pretty sure we all have heard it, that uh, this guy was mentally ill. Okay, Donald Trump is saying he's somebody that was mental. Yeah. And you uh, uh, stripped uh, uh, funding from the bill that Obama uh, did uh, a couple of years ago, a few years ago Um, as an executive order. You stripped that. Away from the mentally ill, to stop mentally ill from getting weapons, <laughs> he has a nerve. That that's hypocrisy. That that's just straight up not knowing what the hell you're doing. That's straight up not knowing what you're doing. But um, this is just, uh, oh wow! This is this is to say, children, eighteen-year-old, eighteen, year old, 18 um, someone eighteen-months uh, child. Baby, 18 months old. uh, Elderly people, 72, 77 years old. He was shooting inside and outside of the church. There was witnesses of the First Baptist Church. Um, 26 killed, including children. Terrible. Killed while while they prayed. Uh, Wow. Nearly half were children. I mean, I just said that, but you know, it's worth saying again, even though. It's, you know, and we have to, there's no doubt about it, folks, we have to demand uh, an act uh, on gun control from Congress. But they don't want to do it. They still don't want to do it. Trump said it, it's too early or it's too soon or <laughs> something that they're not going to talk about. It's crazy. You know, I mean, people are constantly dying. People are getting their hands on guns that shouldn't have them because you know, uh, of a glitch in the system, as as they want to call it, but there's no glitch in the system. It's just that these people are in the pockets of the NRA, the NRA bankrolling a a lot of these congressmen. Uh, You know, there's nothing wrong with background checks. There's nothing wrong with uh, keeping the hands out of, keeping the guns out of the hands of the mentally ill. And that's what Obama tried to do when he signed this bill, uh, when he, uh, into law, executive order into law, went and re- erased off the books. Because what, do, what does Donald Trump want to wanna do? He want to try to get rid of everything that Obama has done, as if Obama never existed. This is how much hatred that uh, Donald Trump has for, for uh, Obama. He wants to wipe the slate of Obama, as if Obama was never president. Or, or if he never existed, but that's not going to happen. Even though he's trying to erase away Obama's legacy with all his problems, he just, you know, he's just uh, making uh, Obama's legacy more pronounced. And I think he knows it. I think he knows it. And they're saying right now that uh, the shooter, um, Devin Kelly was not legally allowed to purchase firearms. And they're saying that he failed through the cracks. Okay, Air Force, he was in the Air Force, they say. Uh, Air Force failed to enter Church's Shooter's domestic violence record in U.S. database. Wow, that's a big deal because uh, this guy was accused of domestic violence, beating his girlfriend, beating his stepchild. And uh, he was... Dishonorably discharged from the Air Force for his crimes, and they did not uh, put that information into the database in order to keep him from buying a gun. That was an oversight on their part, from what I'm hearing and from and for what I'm reading. And uh, that's bad. That's okay. That that's going to play in the narrative for the Republicans. Well, uh, uh, it's not our fault. It's not gun control. It's just that the Air Force. They did not put in the information about this killer in the database where he could not have gotten a gun and those people would still be alive. That's going to be the Republican narrative and they're going to go with it. So and that gives them that will give them an out in doing anything about gun control because they're going to blame it all on the Air Force, even though the Air Force, what I'm looking at right now, is taking the blunder of blame for it. But still in all. We need gun control in this country, but hey, as long as the as long as the Republicans are lining their pockets with uh, NRA money and big donor money, it ain't gonna happen. All right, the Air Force said Monday that it failed to record the Texas church shooter's domestic violence conviction in a federal database that would have kept him from buying a gun. As I just said, it is 6:10 p.m. straight up in in the city of Chicago, and you know, this is just awful. The glaring oversight allowed Devin Patrick Kelly, 26 years old, to pass multiple background checks and legally purchase firearms. The stunning admission from the Air Force raises critical questions about the coordination between the military and the federal background check system that is designed to keep guns from those who have lost the right to purchase them. Kelly, who served at the uh, Holloman Air Force Base, this is Devin Kelly, the killer, who is now deceased, in New Mexico, was convicted by a general court-martial on two charges of domestic, domestic assault against his wife and stepson before being released with a bad conduct discharge in 2014. Mm-hmm. Under federal law, his conviction under federal law his conviction his conviction prohibited him from buying or possessing firearms but it appears Kelly domestic violence okay we got okay uh, it appears Kelly's domestic violence offense was never entered into the federal database that gun sellers use to check the criminal history of potential buyers Wow, that is really that's that that's uh, that's deep. (laughs) That is really, really um, telling. I mean, you have uh, the U.S. military, the the uh, Air Force. Made a stupid mistake, an ignorant mistake. Not putting this guy's criminal record into the federal database. Whereas, in turn, he could not have bought a damn firearm and, or any gun. Uh, and, and these people would still be alive. These children would still be alive. It's awesome. It, it, it's just awesomely stupid on their part. You know, the Air Force, as I can see now, they have blood on their hands. And also Congress, they have blood on their hands because they refuse to do anything whatsoever about curtailing guns, keeping guns out of the hands of people who should not have them. I'm all for guns. I'm all for guns. I have a couple here myself. I'm all for guns, but I'm for keeping them out of the hands of those who should not have them. There is nothing wrong with that. If I go out and buy a gun right now, I don't mind uh, uh, showing, uh, my credentials and waiting for a background check, a fingerprint check and all this kind of stuff, you know? Uh, and most people wouldn't, most gun owners wouldn't, you know, they, they don't, I mean, who would, if you haven't done anything, if you haven't got a record, if you haven't, you've been playing by the rules, uh, you, uh, uh, (laughs) you've not served 10 years in jail, uh, who cares about uh, uh, not wanting to uh, have a have your background check if you want to buy a, a handgun or something? But I can tell you this. There is a lot of uh, gun agencies, gun sellers who have stopped a lot of people from buying guns because they have questionable backgrounds. So you hardly ever hear anything about that. How they have stopped because a lot of these guys and girls go into these gun, show, gun shows, gun shops, and they want to purchase guns. And, you know, they get their name ran through the federal local government database and it comes back that they cannot have a gun. So a lot of people have been uh, turned down from buying guns because they have enormous uh, criminal and enormous criminal background of sorts. And this guy, he just fell under the cracks. They forgot all about him. And now we have 26 people dead, other people injured, and the majority of the people that are dead, half of them are children, babies, infants, toddlers. This is just crazy. And all we get from the president is he was mentally ill. <laughs> yeah, and you cut the funding or eliminated. All of the funding to keep guns out of the hands of the mentally ill. That's crazy. It's it, it, it's it's nutty. But as I've said before, the air uh, not the Air Force, but the Republicans in Congress, they're going to take this and going to run with it. When I say they're going to take this, they're going to take what the Air Force has done or stupidly did not do, which is to enter this guy's crime into their. De- database. So the the Republicans are going to run with this. But that still doesn't mean that we can't keep in their asses when it comes to um, doing something about gun control. The shootings, the killings, the the mass murders, all of these things are done with guns. Uh, We have to do something. But the Republicans, they're not going to do anything. They're not going to do anything about guns. As long as they're the RRA and the big donors and their bosses, the party bosses are filling their pockets, lining their pockets with cash there. <laughs> we're 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 all dead. Let me put it that way. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Junior Show. The guest my guest today is author Douglas Sanders. He'll be talking about his book or books and uh that should be interesting so we'll wait on that but anyway the news of the day is air force failed failed to enter church shooters devin Devin kelly a violence record into the united states database that way he would have not been able to purchase hopefully not been able to purchase a firearm and those people, those 26 people, children and all, would still be alive today. They were praying to their God. They were praying to their God. Obviously, God wasn't on their side that day. Maybe that's harsh to say, but some people are probably saying the same thing. God wasn't with them. You know, He was not there. You know, And uh, that's the truth. If he was there, they would still be alive. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Black Talk Radio. Uh, we will be right back.
5: And we're back now with the roundtable, and I have a feeling you guys are gonna have a little different comments than Tom Bossard had about that gif. Let's let's look at it again. This happened. All right. Next on the to-do list.
6: When we take over the DNC. <laughs> oh my Michael. God.
3: Ashley! My name is Ashley Judd. Ashley Judd is here. And I am a feminist. And I want to say hello to Independence Avenue in the back, all the way down to 17th Street. Wow! And I bring you words from Nina Donovan, a 19-year-old in Middle Tennessee, and she has given me the privilege of telling you what she has to say. I am a nasty woman. I'm not as nasty as a man who looks like he bathes in Cheeto dust. A man whose words are a diss track to America. Electoral college sanctioned hate speech contaminating this national anthem. I'm not as nasty as Confederate flags being tattooed across my city. Maybe the South actually is gonna rise again. Maybe for some, it never really fell. Blacks are still in shackles and graves just for being black slavery has been reinterpreted as the prison system in front of people who see melanin as animal skin i Man, am not gonna, as nasty on that as a swastika painted on a pride flag and i didn't know devils could be resurrected but i feel hitler in these streets a mustache traded for a toupee, Nazis renamed the cabinet electroconversion therapy, the new gas chamber shaming the gay out of America, turning rainbows into suicide. Notes, I am not as nasty as racism, fraud, conflict of interest, homophobia, sexual assault, transphobia, white supremacy, misogyny, ignorance, white privilege. I'm not as nasty as using little girls like Pokemon before their bodies have even developed. I am not as nasty as your own daughter being your favorite sex symbol, like your wet dreams infused with your own genes, but yeah, I'm a nasty woman. A loud, vulgar, proud woman. I'm not nasty like the combo of Trump and Pence being served up to me in my voting booth. I'm nasty like the battles my grandmothers fought to get me into that voting booth. I'm nasty like the fight for wage equality. Scarlett Johansson why were the female actors paid less than half of what the male actors earned last year? See, even when we do go into higher paying jobs, our wages are still cut with blades sharpened by testosterone. Why is the work of a black woman and a Hispanic woman worth only 63 and 54 cents of a white man's privileged daughter? This is is not a feminist myth. This is in equality. So we are not here to be debunked. We are here to be respected. We are here to be
7: nasty.
3: I'm nasty. Like my blood stains on my bed sheets we don't actually choose. If and when to have our periods believe me if we could some of us would we don't like throwing away our favorite pairs of underpants tell me why are pads and tampons still taxed Ooh, that was a brand name why are tampons and pads still taxed when viagra and rogaine are not is your erection really more than Protecting the sacred, messy part of my womanhood is the bloodstain on my jeans more embarrassing than the thinning of your hair. I know it is hard to look at your own entitlement and privilege. You may be afraid of the truth i am unafraid to be honest it may sound petty bringing up a few extra cents it adds up to the pile of change i have yet to see in my country i can't see my eyes are too busy praying to my feet hoping you don't mistake eye contact for wanting physical contact half my life
4: ashley judge no All right, I want to say that uh, the George Wilder Jr. Show uh, condolences go out to all of those folks that were massacred, praying at their church, at a Baptist church in Texas. Uh, Condolences go out to all the family members, and, you know, we're we're just as sad as you are. I mean, this is ridiculous. It, It shouldn't be Americans killing Americans. It's just, that just doesn't sound right. Are we really at civil war with each other? We just have to find a way if Congress would help, the president would help, find a way. We're not saying get rid of guns. We're not saying, uh, we're not talking about taking your gun away. We're talking about keeping guns out of the hands of those who would do us harm. And in some cases, I mean, you've got people out here who were buying guns legally. Suddenly one day, they, you know, snap. Something goes on inside their heads and they decide to go out and shoot up uh, the park or something, you know. And, you know, guns are are, are all over the place. You got people who who buy guns legally. And I bet some of those folks think, all the time about going out and just um, doing something wrong, killing a lot of people. And because of this um, church massacre in, in Texas, churches around America are now looking at ways to provide security for their congregation. For their parishioners. I mean, it's real. Churches and some some churches are said they're not going to do anything. They're just going to think things are just going to go on the same way as it has been. But then you have some churches that are really stepping up security. It's a shame when you can't walk into your church, or synagogue, or a or place of worship and pray w- without thinking somebody may come in and blow your head off, take away your children. Your your wife, your children, your, your husband, whatever. It's a shame that you cannot walk into a damn church and pray and be peaceful. Churches and schools are supposed to be some of the places where violence, anyway, years ago, violence would never happen. But, you know, 21st century, it's a, it's different. It's a lot different. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Hopefully that will change. It has to change, folks. Uh, this is America. We're not supposed to be gunning down each other, okay? We need the Congress to step up. We need the president to step up, but these people will not do that, so we're going to have to do it ourselves, right? All right. You've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. You're on the George Wilder Jr. Show.
8: Hey, this is Douglas Sandler. I'm su-
4: Hey. Yeah, I know, Douglas Sandler. We've been... Uh, Uh, conversing back and forth (laughs) thank you for coming on the (laughs) show thank you for doing the show man I I know we are Facebook friends and all that kind of thing and I'm proud to have you as a friend and I'm proud to have you on the show and I know you want to talk about your books but but before you do that tell my audience a little bit something about yourself then get into what you write
8: okay well I'm a I'm a independent published author And I've lived in Florida since 2000, and I enjoy writing because writing is not my full-time job. And I like to write fiction books, um, psychological suspense and mysteries based on true facts and stories.
4: Okay, great. Douglas Sander on the George Wilder Jr. Show. So how long uh you've been writing for quite a while and why did you choose fiction you just like making stuff up uh, uh, what do you mysteries and stuff like that that intrigues you
8: Well the books that I have my first two books that I published in 2015 I actually started writing them back in the 90s like 98 and 99 and uh-huh. I only got a, I only got around to publishing them in 2015 but I've always liked to write and I like I'm a mental health disability advocate and suffer and
9: mm-hmm. I
8: based my first book in the bed memory series based on true events that happened at some now closed asylums you know that were publicized like I don't know if you've heard of like this Penhurst Willowbrook and Letchworth village and I based the the Bad Memory series based on events that happened, but set in fictional setting because a lot of the people might still be alive, and I want to yeah. address the injustices that went on there. But I want to mm-hmm. also have respect for the individuals, you know, who yeah. came through all that.
4: Yeah, yeah, that that sounds beautiful. It sounds like a great book. It sounds like a wonderful book because. Uh,
8: it,
4: you're saying that some of its, uh, actually, some of the stuff that you wrote in Bad Memories actually happened, but you changed the names to protect the innocent. Well, I
8: don't but, I don't really use names. I took the mm-hmm. particular event, events, and mm-hmm. I made yeah. up fictional doctors and people, but yeah. they're mirrored around the events that happened. I I stay away from, you know, any type of comparison to anybody living or dead. Because like I said, I don't want to, you know, intrude anybody's, you know, grief or whatever. And yeah, yeah. it's like my other book, the Kids for a Strangling series, that is totally based on, you know, fiction. And it's set in a fictional city.
4: Is that and, your uh, latest?
8: Well, the, bit, the Kids for a Strangling series, the latest book, it's called... Death returns it's a continuation of book 1 about 2 years later
9: mm-hmm.
8: my protagonist mm-hmm. has to face a whole new set of psycho psycho serial killers and <laughs> you know he, the ending of the la- this book is sort of a surprise i hope to people
9: yeah. and i'm writing yeah. the third
8: book yeah. in that series but i'm setting that in Panama City Florida where i live because i can write more in a city where i actually exist and make up a city in a place I've never been to.
4: <laughs> that's, the same thing I, that's the same thing I do, Doug. That, I, when I write, and I write quite extensively, I write about the city that I live in. I could never write about New York or, or Arizona or something because I don't live there. Uh, that's the same thing that Martin Sorskese did. The director, whenever he made a movie, he made a movie about New York. Mike Lee, They made a movies about New York because they know more about New York than they do any other place. And I think a lot of writers do that.
8: (laughs) (laughs) And it's fun. One of the the good things about being a writer is you can make up your own world. You can make up your own country, your own city, and you can people it however you want to, and it's yours. Yeah, Yeah. and that's what makes it fun. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, I got into, you know, the two books, I got small passages from them, but I also wanted to talk one of the other things that I feel is important to writers uh-huh. is literacy, and yeah. I want to encourage people to learn to read, because reading helps you learn to write, and as we all know, exactly. you can't get anything in this world if you can't read and write. Exactly. And That's Especially if you're an author, if you read different books, it opens your mind, and yeah, you can see things, and it it also helps you to fill any voids in your life because you can get lost in a good book.
4: Yeah, uh, I, yeah.
8: that's how and, I learned. That,
4: I was gonna say uh, I've said that for years. If you you cannot be a writer unless you are a reader, you know there is no doubt about that. You have to read, 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 and and like you say, lose yourself in a good book, and then. Tell yourself one day, hey, wow, I want to be an author. I want to publish a book, you know. But you have to be a reader. You know, you have to read.
8: Yeah, and also I want to encourage, you know, kids, because last uh, September was National Literacy Month. I realize I'm a mm-hmm. couple months late, but I want to encourage, <laughs> you know, kids, you know, pay attention mm-hmm. in school and learn to read and write because it'll yeah. help you get a job. It'll help you be able to articulate better. I have. I got my my third degree, but if it uh-huh. would have been me learning how to read and overcome the learning disabilities, I would have never got what I got. So I want to encourage mm-hmm. people: learn to read, you know, stay in school. Reading is not a waste of time. I want no, to make it's not. Understand that. Yeah.
4: It is not. It, it, it's one of the greatest uses of good times. Of uh, it, it's a good time, you know. If you enjoy what you're reading, you know. Doug, tell us about your latest uh, uh, writings.
8: Okay, the the one of them it's the second book in the Bad Memory series. It's titled Asylum. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with the first book. It's a totally different era, but yeah. it's a, it's about a, a doctor who gets a job at a rural Florida asylum and. Little does he know he's about to enter the fourth realm of hell. And I've been told by a reviewer who read the book that while it was a little too short for her, it's a, you know it's only like 68 pages, she said, The nurse in my book makes the nurse ratchet from one flew over the cuckoo's nest to look like a pussycat. Yeah. <laughs>
4: so
9: well, wow.
8: I'll let people you know, chew I, on I, that one.
4: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I just want to interject for a little bit. I do a lot of short stories and novelettes too. And I've, I've had people read my stuff and say that they're too short, that it ended uh, a lot sooner than it was supposed to. Uh, but and then I've had people give me negative reviews because it was so short. They got pissed off that it, <laughs> that it ended so soon. That, ah! You know, but well, I love, well. I love short stories and I'm going to keep doing them because Uh, there's so many readers out there who also love short stories. Sometimes people don't have time to read a a 300, 400-page novel. They just want something short and sweet, but also powerful enough to keep them reading.
8: But see, I also write, when I write my books, I usually don't do outlines. The only reason, you know, Bed of is so short, I had to write a 6,000-word novel for my creative writing class at FSU. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I had ex- I expanded it later in extra 6.5 thousand words, but I write till the story ends. I don't add stuff just for the sake of adding it. If unfortunately the story ends in 12.5 thousand words, you know that's when it ends. I don't want right exactly extending it out if I don't need to, because then the readers a just lot of are off.
4: Right. A lot of, a lot of writers do that. They, they'll just find anything anywhere just throw it in a book or they'll make up many characters just to extend the story a little longer before they really get to the juicy parts. And I call that just, you know, they're just uh, a lot of rhetoric, a lot of talk uh, They're you know, it's uselessness because I've read a lot of books that, you know, if you're trying to get to the good stuff, you got to walk through so much, uh, uh, bs didn't get to the good stuff you know so that yep. that's why i write short stories is because i get right to the sh- i get right to it from the first page because when you're doing a short story you got to get right to it into it in on the first page or people are going to be turned off because before they buy a book or a story they're going to sample it first you know and that'll let them know if they that'll let them know if they should purchase it or, or what
8: Well, one of the problems when you've got ADHD like I do, you don't want to, you don't, I get distracted easy even though I take medicines to keep me focused. So I really don't want to extend things out because I could have a tendency of getting lost. (laughs) And, you know, I don't particularly like getting lost when I'm writing and can't find my way back. So I try not to make things more difficult than they got to be.
4: But you do enjoy writing, I can tell.
8: Oh, yeah. I, I mean, to me, I can express myself better in writing than I can verbally, because verbally, yeah. I'm blunt. I'm not diplomatic, and I'm not politically yeah. correct. But writing, yeah, yeah. you know, is a different voice.
4: Doug, do you have a uh, uh, excerpt, a passage that a passage that you can read to us
8: from yeah, the book? I got it's. Yeah, it's from Bad Memories Asylum. It's okay. from page thirteen, if anybody you know, follows along on their Kindle, whatever. Um, yeah, okay.
4: the Kindle this is the BN where, right
8: now. By, this is where my protagonist, Dr. Oxen, is in a room examining one of, his pa- one of his patients. Okay, all right, just then Nurse Jackie enters Harry's room saying, aren't you finished with him yet? There are others to be seen, so don't spend so much damn time on the patients. 20 minutes is the max you spend, you understand? Dr. Alexander gets up and challenges Nurse Jackie by saying, I will spend as much time as I need to be sure the patients understand why I'm doing things to them. I am a doctor, and you, you're you only a nurse. Nurse Jackie's eyes flash, and she takes a threatening step forward. Dr. Alexander realizes he might have overstated his words. As she approaches, he says to himself, shit, I might have gone too far with this. Nurse Jackie stops and says in a cold, hollow voice, we will talk about this later, and you will learn your place here. As she leaves and says, as she leaves, and Harry says, Dr. Alexander, you should not have talked like that to her. She can be a nasty, you know, the B word, and holds grudges. <laughs> of and Everyone is scared of her. Dr. Alexander says to Harry, keep this to yourself, but she does scare the hell out of me also. And then... Mm. Things you know it get it goes downhill, yeah, and their wills clash,
9: and yeah. like
8: I said, she's makes the nurse in the nurse in one flow is the cuckoo Nest look like a pussy cat to one of the reviewers,
4: yeah, and, what about uh, Annie Wilkes
8: yeah <laughs> nurse- you R- know ratchet well, I don't know, I mean I'm so thats that one where that she kidnaps that writer and
9: yeah.
8: makes him yeah. write a romance novel, you know.
4: I, think this uh, when one I said is probably more. I said Annie Wilkes. I was just thinking of Stephen King's Misery, the movie or the book. You know, she was something else too.
8: Yeah, that's the one that kidnaps the writer and makes him write her.
4: Yeah, exactly, exactly.
8: And I have a um, you know, like I said I also have, I also have a short quote from the other new book. Okay. Um this one is from A Kiss for Strangling, a Book to Your Death Returns. Um The killer stood across the street from the garage watching the sergeant run to his car. The killer thought, I never should have got my car servicer. I now have to kill him. As the day wore on, the killer watched and waited for the right time to kill the mechanic, Edward Johnson. At about 8 p.m., he silently approached the garage as Johnson closed up. He knocked on the door, and as Johnson opened the door, the killer surged in fast, pushing him inside, and hit him with a blackjack. Johnson fell on the floor, and you can pretty much use your imagination to figure out what happens next.
4: Yeah, we'll we'll have to buy the book to figure out what what happens next, right?
8: <laughs> yeah, well, like I said, this but, book also it's multi layered. I try to create the characters yeah. where you kick, yeah. you just when you think you know what's going on, mm-hmm. you know, you you have to read. Pretty much, you have to read book one to mm. sort of understand the backstory yeah. in book two, yeah. because book two yeah. fills in the blanks in book one. Uh,
4: Doug Douglas Sanders on George, on the George Wilder Jr. show. How is the book doing so far, Doug?
8: Well, uh, I'm. You know, I'll be honest. I mean, you know, with, I'm an, I've only been published author since 2015. And with the thousands and thousands of new books coming out every day, it seems like, you know, it's been slow because, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm competing for everybody else's money. And a lot of people are kind of scared to start with new new authors because, you know, they don't know how, if they're going to like the book or any of the other stuff. But, I mean, I've got, like I said, I've gotten reviews from... P- the Reiser a in the first review that's the one who said it was a little too short for her but she compared my nurse to the one in One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest the other one hasn't you know been uh, yet.
4: just because someone says that your book is uh, is a little bit too short the next person that reads it, read it may think differently so you really can't go with just what one person says it wasn't about a
8: bad, it something you've a bad done review. it wasn't a bad review okay. or anything It's just, she felt that this particular book was a little too short for her. She, she compared it to also some British horror show program. Um, yeah, it it was just, it's a, she, I think she prefers a longer type of book and this just was a little, you know, ended a little too soon.
4: But like Like I said, this is just one person. This is just one person and there's millions of people out there that, that have access that can read your book, that can download your book, you know, uh, of course, her pr- her criticism and what she's saying you're gonna take to heart, but you know that there's other people out there who may feel a little differently because every yeah, like my West- every reader. Go ahead.
8: Yeah, like my West my Western book that I wrote, which has adult mm-hmm. content, of violence, and you know some minor sexual contact. That got a reader's five you know five star silver seal. I also mm-hmm. my audio book of Bad Memories got a five star silver seal. And the other books have gotten some, you know, decent reviews. So obviously, yeah. people like what I got to say, how I say it, yeah, of course. And I consider that an achievement that people would actually want to spend yeah. money to buy anything I wrote, you know.
4: But I mean, the but the thing is, Doug, and that's for any writer. You should, for any new writer, even if you've been writing for two years or twelve years or twenty years, you you have to hang in there. People have to come find you. You have to, you know, let them know that you're there, you know, and uh, you got to keep your book in their faces, you know, even if they get sick of it, keep it there. And after a while, they're going to go check you out. You know, <laughs> you you have to really, really uh, keep your book out there among them. Now, and that's what i done. And I found, I find that it works. Uh, people will say, God, my goodness, he, he keeps putting his book in our faces. What is it? Let's go check it out. Bing. That's what you have to do. You have to you have to keep it out there. People people like you said, millions and millions and millions of books are published each year. And you you're trying to get your book uh, noticed among all of that clutter, it's going to be tough unless you, you know, you you're on Facebook, so that's one of the best places to do it and LinkedIn and Google
8: well, one of the things that I, I've learned is when I got my last degree from FSU, which I just graduated from, I, t- mm-hmm. I took a creative writing course because I wanted to take one, and I'm amazed. I mean, the stuff I've learned is like opened my eyes. I learned stuff that I, you know, never knew, and I'm like I said, I'm still learning. I'm still learning yeah. how to write books. They gave us a book that we had to use. And I'm like, it opened my eyes, you know, to stuff that I never knew was involved in a book. So when Mm. I look at it, I'm still learning my craft. And if I can take more creative writing courses, I'm going to because it'll expand my ability to evolve, to be able to say things using the right words that, because a word has different meanings.
4: And okay, Doug, uh, why do you think people should buy your latest book?
8: Well, besides, well, because I want to encourage people you know, to, to read, and I want to give them a book that you know they can read. It doesn't have gratuitous sex, gratuitous violence, which you know, I never really liked in books, and again, to encourage people to read. And plus, Mm -hmm. I want to share what I have to say and my way of thinking with people in a a safe manner. And if people can get lost in the book and have their minds, because the human mind's a better imagination than anything. So I want to try and help people to be able to transport themselves to other places to maybe get some enjoyment out of my books. And I want to share, you know, because... You know, I, I want to share my my writing skills and what I have to say with mm-hmm. people.
4: Okay, so and where I, can we go find your books? Where can we uh, buy them, download them, read them? Where can, where well, can we find your
8: books? Well, they're available on – they're definitely available on Amazon. You can um, – mm-hmm. they're pretty much available at any online bookstore you can think of, Barnes mm-hmm. & Noble, um, there's, a, there's a German bookstore. I can't remember the name. There's Scribe. There's any of, pretty much any bookstore in the known hemisphere, if it's legitimate, will have <laughs> okay. any of my books, and you can even go on eBay and buy them, although the prices you will pay on eBay – I don't recommend buying on eBay because the prices you pay are more than I'm yeah. actually charging for the books. So, yeah. you know, but you can go to Amazon, any of those, you know, reputable places and on mm-hmm. the World Wide mm-hmm. Web and buy mm-hmm. them. I mean, it, they're easy to find in either paperback, if you like something to hold on to, or yeah. Kindle or digital. Yeah. But yeah. pretty much anywhere in the known if people universe. Want,
4: if people wanted to get in touch with you, how would they be able to do that?
8: Well, the easiest way is I have I – have, I have two main author pages on Facebook. You know, Douglas Mm -hmm. Sandler author and the um, other one, Douglas Sandler's other book page. Those are my two official author pages on Facebook. I have my personal Facebook page, which you can, you know, get in touch with me through Facebook, or I'm on Twitter at Douglas Sandler author or Douglas5102 and but you know facebook's easier to get a hold of me cuz i'm on that a lot twitter you know yeah. you, i might not get there every every second of every day but facebook is by far the oh. best way and you can query my name on the internet and i'll come up i mean there's stuff all about me on the internet so I'm a pretty easy person to find.
4: <laughs> yeah, so am I.
8: <laughs> so am I.
4: All right, author Douglas Sanders on the George Wilder Jr. Show. Thanks for coming on, man. Thank you very much.
8: All right, well, thanks for having me.
4: No problem.
2: Services paid for through the Ukrainian president's political party. I think
5: We're back now with the roundtable, and I have a feeling you guys are going to have a little different comments than Tom Bossert had about that GIF. Let's let's. Look.
4: If you would like your product, service, or your book to be mentioned on the George Wilder Jr. Show twice a day four days a week <laughs> right here on the george wilder jr. show just email the show or email its host for more details thank you Ferguson to discuss this in Errol, first you i want to talk about the president's
7: reaction let me talk to donald trump and explained to him that as president of the United States, he represents blacks and Jewish people and Hispanics and people of every color and every creed. And it is his job as president of the United States to stand up for each and every American, to stand up vertically against racism and bigotry. Peddling to racism is just as bad as being a racist. So Donald Trump is either a racist or he's peddling to it, and both are frankly unacceptable and make him unfit to be president of the United States. If you can't be president, if you cannot stand up and represent Americans, you should not be president. And to my party, to the Republicans who are speaking out today, my question is, what the hell took you so long? When someone shows you who they are the first time, believe them. For too long, Republicans in Congress, elected leaders, have looked the other way while a misogynist, racist, bigoted pig is in the White House. Let me tell you, we cannot capitulate the Office of the Presidency of the United States. We cannot capitulate moral clarity. We cannot capitulate principles. We cannot capitulate Republican values and American values. No piece of legislation... No bone that he may throw on policy, no regulation is worth cheapening the office of the United States this way. It is breaking us apart. It is not news that's breaking mm-hmm. us apart. It is the president of the United States who is causing this news. So Republicans need to stand up, need to grow a spine, and need to reject him. They don't, I'm tired of hearing Republicans say they're disappointed and disturbed by something he says. You know what? When he invites you to the White House, don't yeah. go. When he invites you to dinner, don't go. Do not stand next to him until he starts behaving in a presidential manner. Gov- and if he can't, you've got to confront him over and over and over and over again.
1: And, Governor, here's, here's what the here's what folks are saying. Um, those comments today that were at Trump Tower, in the same place where he launched his presidential campaign in June of 2015, by saying this. When Mexico sends its people... They're not sending their best. They're sending people that have lots of problems and they're bringing those problems with us. They're bringing drugs, they're bringing crime, they're rapists, and some I assume are good people. So, Governor, you know, the folks who, his critics are saying he showed us who he was in those comments over two years ago. At least he's consistent, he hasn't changed, and people shouldn't be surprised by his behavior today they expected it all along
0: what do you take with, what issue do you take with him by saying just what he said the fact of the matter is being a border governor we know that we're not getting the best that what Mexico can send to us we know that the drug cartels are down there we know that the rapists are coming across and then they go to sanctuary cities and then they head back and then they come back here again you know this is America the American people ought to be protected also.
1: Anna, I'll and I'll let you respond to that as, as rhetoric. As a Latina, I'll, again, I'll let you
7: again, to that, uh, Anna. again, Don, uh, life is too short for me to respond uh, to something like that. What I will say is that it, you're exactly right. He showed us during the campaign over and over and over who he was. We saw him boast about sexual predatory behavior. We, we heard him attack Judge Curio. We heard him attack the cons. We heard him attack Mexicans. We heard him attack women. Over and over and over again, he showed us who he was. But Republicans, so many Republicans. Look, I have friends here in Miami who voted for him because he was going to change Cuba policy. And he did, but that's not enough. That is not enough because the harm he is causing this country is just too great to look the other way. And many people thought that when he entered the Oval Office, he would become presidential, that the magnitude of his office would make him change and become a presidential figure. Well, six and a half months have gone by, seven months have gone by. You don't change a 71-year-old man. He Mm. is not going to change, and it is time that Republicans start realizing that and, and stop giving him a damn chance and, he's not going to change he will continue fa- embarrassing us and making us feel ashamed
1: governor and governor you're okay with everything he said today
7: I am I am
0: from everything that I heard I don't have a problem with it but the fact of the matter is is that all of this rhetoric is all sour grapes because it's just continually <laughs> coming through um, the networks uh, across our country and he was duly elected he is uh, the president of the United States and for people to use some of the verbiage that they've used Anna is in a Republican it, a long time Republican destroying by the way our... I understand that I... now you lost my I lost you my said train of so you said that you said it's mind mind destroying is our president we need to pardon
1: I was just trying to help you complete your thought <laughs>
0: it's just it's the, the It comes across, it sincerely comes across that everybody's candidate didn't win, so they just want to go after the president on every little issue. There's code words, there's dog whistles, there's, you know, this and this that. I mean, my God, I've lived, again, a long time, and I've never, ever seen uh, part of our country behave in this manner, to this extent. It's over the top. And it's disturbing, and so many. There are people who are
1: watching, Governor, uh, who will say that they. It sounds like you're talking about Donald Trump and those people who were out there with torches the other night.
0: Well, those are bad people. Those are bad, bad people. I mean, nobody is yeah. going to say that the Ku Klux Klan carrying tiki lights are good people.
7: Nobody should say the, that. the President is, said is, that today. Is, he said there were some people good people in there. Let, let, let me just let me just say this. I, there, I do not think well <laughs> you can ask any American. Wait, Jan. I don't interrupt you, so please give me the same respect that I've given you, which has taken enormous restraint. I haven't on my interrupted thought. you, Anna. I, I haven't. I haven't interrupted. All right, great. Then let me. Then let <laughs> me finish my point because I can actually Hannah. keep my train of thought. Uh, <laughs> one of the things we did today, by the way, was also come after and attack the senior senator from Arizona, who is battling brain cancer right now. I find that offensive, not only as a friend of John McCain's, but as an American. I find it offensive as a human with empathy. I find it offensive for my friend Cindy and Megan McCain. I find it unacceptable. And if anybody is going to ask me to respect Donald Trump because he's president, First, I would say to them, tell him to respect the presidency. Mm. Tell him to respect the American people. (laughs) Tell him to treat his office with the dignity that it deserves. Do not hold me to a higher scrutiny than you hold him. Do not hold me to a higher scrutiny when it comes to rhetoric than you hold him. He is the one that is dividing us. It is not us. Believe me, I got over Jeb Bush years ago okay he ran a terrible campaign if you think this is sour grapes over jeff bush you are sorely mistaken this is pain over what is happening in the united states of america a country-
4: <laughs> making the world a better place <laughs> one show at a time the george wilder jr show is now the george wilder jr show is now on the air <laughs> all right right GOP tax plan mostly benefits the wealthy we already knew that we already knew that they have a tax plan that they're trying to get through I guess they're gonna uh try and get it through when Donald Trump gets back from his Asian trip if he comes back so many Americans are saying that he probably should stay over there and they don't want him back Donald Trump's coming back (laughs) They don't want him there. So he has to come back. So, uh, uh, and they're trying to get their tax plan through, folks. It is a wealthy giveaway, a tax cut. It is totally for the wealthy. Nothing. They're trying to sweeten the pot, saying the middle class is going to get this and the poor is going to get that. Nobody's going to get anything but the rich. And all of it, along with lies. You know, the Republicans right now are working undercover to pass this tax plan, but they need the president's signature to make it law. And uh, they are working undercover to pass this tax. The Republicans are trying to reshape America uh, into their image. There is no doubt about it. This is why they're not doing anything about gun control. They're not doing anything about anything. I. Since Donald Trump has been in office, I don't think Donald Trump has done one thing significantly, nothing. Uh, we still have Obamacare. Yeah, it's it's weakened, but we still have it. It's still here. It's gonna We're going to continue to have Obamacare until the legislature, uh, the Republicans, Donald Trump, get together all on the same page uh, to uh, repeal it. But they're not. They're not. So it's still out there. But as a lot of us have been saying, they have taken a lot of, they have cut down the enrollment days. They've cut down the advertising dollars, 90 uh, percent. It's short. I think it goes from November the 1st to December 15th, a little over a month. Uh, That's really, really uh, awful. These people don't want you to go to the doctor. They don't don't want you to uh, 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 your, they don't want your prescriptions to be filled. This is something else. And we and we put these jackasses in office. We give that health care, universal health care out there. And yet they get in office, they want to take away our health care. When we voted to give them the greatest health care, as if we don't deserve to be living, as if we don't deserve <laughs> to go to a doctor, right? You know, and they're going to make up all kind of spin and lies, and then they're going to come out to the camera on Capitol Hill, right in front of the camera, television camera, and say, it's good for America that you die, that you don't have a doctor. It's good for America. It's pitiful. It's pitiful. It It, it is so pitiful. And uh, we, the American people, we have to do something. We we have to take action against the Republicans. The Republicans, they are not listening to us. They are not, you know, you're calling, you're faxing, you're emailing, you're protesting, but the Republicans, they pretend you're not doing that. They won't even uh, mention that American, the American people, uh, that we're out here protesting them, that we don't want certain things that they're trying to shove down our throats. Um uh, You know, so we have to stand up. We have to do something. You know, people are talking about overthrow. There's other people talking about a revolution. There's other people talking about going down to Washington, D.C., the Capitol building, and dragging their asses up out of their offices, you know, getting them out. Other people are just saying, let's vote. We're going to vote. We're going to vote. We're going to vote them out. We're going to change parties. All of that's good and dandy, but, you know, uh, I think the best thing that we can do, folks, the best thing that we can do, uh, that the Republicans are going to hear loud and clear, vote their butt out of office. Throw them out on their asses. Come uh, November 6, 2018, vote in droves. This is going to scare them. Uh, some of them already think that that they're uh, that they are uh, going to be unemployed. Yeah, they do, but they don't give a damn. They're gonna stick by Trump and his warped ideas. They're gonna thick stick by Trump, even though Trump and nine people. I'm hearing nine people in his circle around him on his campaign colluded with Russia in some. Way or fashion, colluded with Russia, and there's going to be more convictions coming out. real soon. I'm hearing Flynn and his son. Uh, uh, obviously, people uh, that I that you never heard of being convicted of collusion with Russia, or lying to Congress, uh, perjury. Um, it, it, it's, I mean, get your popcorn. This is fabulous. <laughs> I was saying yesterday, was it last week on the show? I was saying that um, if they made a movie out of what's going on in the White House, Donald Trump, it would have to be a trilogy, a three-part movie, because this is good, and it's long. And if you're writing a book, I mean, if you're writing a book, if you have a book, and you compare what you're writing in your book to what's going on today, wow, you better revise that book, right? (laughs) You better do some more editing, because... uh, uh, I don't think there's a book in the world that's published today that can beat out what's happening uh, literally in reality in America today. Uh, there's going to be plenty of books written about this, and some already written. Um, I mean, uh, uh, Keith Oberman has a book called Trump is f Crazy. I mean, I don't need to go out and and spend $25 on a book to know that Trump is effing crazy. We all know that. I mean, Keith, tell us something we don't know. Tell me something I don't know. But I'm, I'm still saying that uh, even though there's a lot of books, millions of books being written every every uh, uh, year, uh, even as I speak, but uh, what's going on in the world today doesn't even compare to what you, what your book may be about. I was reading Danielle Steele, uh, one of her books, I think it's called Country. And I was amazed that she didn't say anything. <laughs> you ever read a book where uh, the author, I mean, you had a 400 page book and actually nothing. She's not saying anything. It's a bunch of rhetoric. It's a bunch of um, I can't think of the word I've been trying. I was trying to think of the word when Doug was on the show. Um I can't think of the word, uh, rambling. rambling, a bunch of rambling. That's it. Rambling. And I, I have nothing against Danielle still. I, she's got about a hundred books out there. I mean, she's making money over head over heels, uh, money. And she's a, she's a beautiful lady, but, uh, country to me, I'm just another critic. Okay. <laughs> country. I mean, I read her book. She's got thousands of them, but country, I read a few pages of it, and I wasn't thrilled. I mean, it, it wasn't boring, but it wasn't interesting either. Because it, to me, it wasn't anything said. Now, if you read Danielle Steele's book, Country, or any of our books, and you like it, then that's you. I mean, we have different tastes. I mean, I do, in some cases, sometimes I do enjoy romance. I've written about it myself, short stories. Uh, but I'm am not a, I'm not truly a romance writer, you know. I don't think there's many guys out there who are romance writers. Most of the most romance writers are women, you know, uh, but I have done a couple. I've done a couple of romance stories because I just wanted to kind of change the pace up a little bit and to see if I can actually do it. (laughs) But majority of the time, uh, romance writers are are women. But anyway, let me get back to uh, what I was talking about is that. uh, if you have a book out there and you're comparing your book to what's going on in the world today in the White House, uh, it, it, I mean, <laughs> it, it's a far cry from uh, being that um, powerful and salacious, you know what I'm saying. Um, I'm working on a, uh, on a story right now, and I'm by what's going on out here in the world today, I'm changing a few things around. To make it more updated to what's going, what's happening out here in the world today, even though it's fiction, but I have to, you know, put in my stories and books, uh, uh, at least sprinkle it with some, some uh, nuggets of what's going on in the world today, because this is just one big movie (laughs) and people are going to jail left and right. <laughs> in Donald Trump's world, and more people will be going to jail as long as Bob Mueller stays the um special prosecutor and uh he is racking them up, and we're all waiting to see Donald Trump go down, which is where he should be, because he is taking America down. Let's say if Donald Trump does get convicted, does and he's uh Does get convicted. He's going to have to resign or quit or be impeached if Mueller convicts him. But still in all, it will, a lot of Americans will be jumping up and down, happy as hell. But you have to realize this is going to be a real big black eye for America. When Trump i didn't i did not elect donald trump i did not vote for donald trump i'm pretty sure a lot of you out there did not vote for donald trump but donald trump ended up being president anyway however i never ever wished him to fail i never wanted donald trump to fail i didn't want him to be my president i didn't want him to be president but he finally president but i didn't want him to fail and like he is, like some of his people are saying that we wanted him to fail. I never wanted any, uh, Donald Trump to fail. I don't think any American wanted Donald Trump to fail. We wanted him to be successful because when a, when an American president is successful, the United States of America is successful. We wanted him, but he's an asshole and and that's a different thing. That's a different thing, you know. Uh, I never wanted him to fail. I wanted him to, I, I wanted people, I was telling people on the on the show here to give him a chance. I was telling people on the show to let him do his job. I never wanted him to fail. And I think, as I'm going to say this again, and I think a lot of people in the United States did not want, in the beginning, did not want him to fail. But we see Donald Trump is failing all by himself. The American people are not helping Donald Trump to fail. We are not helping him to fail. We do not wish him to fail. But he's killing us. And the White House in Washington, D.C. belongs to us. Donald Trump just occupies it for a little while. And then he's out. Then the next president is in. Hopefully he's out because he's thinking about another term and that cannot happen. We don't even really know if Donald Trump is going to make it to the midterms, November 2018. But if he does, then we must vote out these Republicans. We have to vote them out. They're thug, they're crooked, they're colluders. We have to vote them out. All righty, what is this? I'm looking at Facebook here, folks. Um, let's see. It's, Trump killed Obama's bill keeping guns out of the hands of the mentally crazy. Now he has more blood on his hands, that's something I wrote. But I'm getting a few responses from it, Uh, stuff like that. But um, we got to do something about guns, regardless of if this is a uh, a mistake or error by the Air Force, we still gotta have to do something about guns. I'm pretty sure the Republicans are say, oh, it's their mistake, not ours. Oh, we're going to keep guns. But as I've said, folks, there's nothing wrong with owning a gun. There's nothing wrong with having a gun. We just want to keep guns out of the hands of those who will do us harm. And there's a lot of more people out there that's thinking about doing us harm. You think about it. There's people out there with guns there's people out there with guns who they have these guns legally who who can't say who cannot say that some of these gun owners are thinking about going and shooting up another school or going and shooting up another church or going and shoot up a subway or something somebody gonna who's to say next week that somebody won't Uh, shoot up a mall or something or a movie house or whatever i don't want to give anybody any ideas all right uh this show is not about that this show is not about hate this show is not about uh promoting violence or anything this show is about trying to make the world a better place however we do um Uh, Talk about reality. We do believe in reality. We do believe in what's going on in America. We do love America on the George Bond Jr. Show. I haven't heard too many people out there uh, so far lately say that they actually love America. I don't think the Republicans do. You know, I mean, if if a Republican says say that they love America and they want to take away your health care, they're lying republicans say they want to they love america but they want to take away your food stamps they're lying yeah you know a lot of people when they buy a house they think they own it i mean when they pay it completely off 30-year mortgage or something uh, 20-year 30-year mortgage and they pay off you never own your home you can pay it off and you never own it you never own it the government always owns your home (laughs) And a lot of you are probably knowing, know where I'm going with this. Yeah. Um, you have property taxes that you pay every year, right? Especially in America, you have property taxes that you have to pay on your home every year. Even if you pay it off, you know, pay off a, a $100,000 home or $150,000 home, two hundred. Pay it off in 30 years, 20 or 30 years. And you think you own it? No way. Because you got a property tax bill every year, and, and it goes up every year. And if you miss uh, your, your tax payment on your house, the government, it belongs to the government. They're going to come get it, which is ridiculous. All right, you've been listening to the George Waddle Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. We will be right back.
5: Welcome back, Democratic mega-donor and billionaire environmentalist Tom Steyer is known for spending millions of his own dollars on Democratic campaigns. Well, now the party's single biggest donor is spending again, only this time his money is going to a national TV ad campaign calling for President Trump's impeachment. Take a look.
2: A Republican Congress once impeached a president for far less. Yet today, people in Congress and his own administration know that this president is a clear and present danger, who's mentally unstable and armed with nuclear weapons.
5: Tom Steyer is a retired former hedge fund founder and manager who poured $91 million of his own money into Democratic campaigns just last year alone, and he's joining us now live. Good to see you, Tom.
2: Hey, Frederica. How are you?
5: I'm good. So this ad campaign, according to one of your aides, cost more than $10 million dollars and given the republican controlled congress you know why do you feel that this is money well spent
2: Well, what we're trying to do is we're trying to give a voice to the american people because i think democrats and republicans alike know that this president is in fact a clear and present danger to their health and safety and so we're trying to give them a chance to go to their representatives and make this case because that's the the american people still their voice is the most powerful thing in our country And if they speak up, then elected officials have to listen.
5: But on what grounds do you believe Trump should be impeached? Because it has to be more than a belief of clear and present danger or access to nuclear weapons.
2: He has violated his trust to the Constitution and to the American people. By firing James Comey, he clearly obstructed justice. That is the historical basis for impeaching a president. He has been, the emoluments clause has been um, broken. The fact of the matter is he has clearly broken his trust with the Constitution. The reason that we're calling for it is that it's urgent that it happen now. The fact of the matter is he is putting us at risk on a daily basis. and he has-
6: Help the girl who walks the streets alone. Heaven help the roses if the bombs begin to fall. Yeah, help fall. Mm-hmm. Heaven help the black man if he struggles one more day. Heaven help the white man if he turns. Kiss the madness and fall And I love
4: everybody. Have a great evening. Bye-bye.
2: With Lucky
3: Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.